This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Around 30% of our small business first community have created an e-commerce or digital platform for their small business since the start of COVID. On the consumer side, we've seen an unprecedented rise in the amount of online shopping we're all doing. In fact, August 2020 went down as the biggest month for online sales in Australian history. Now, most of us are expecting this to increase even further as we head into December and the holiday season. So all of this makes it so important that we're across what's required to sell our products and services online. Joining us today to talk about how to sell products online with Google Shopping is Chris Royal, a small business digital strategist from Google. Welcome to Small Business First, Chris. Thanks, Lucy. It's, uh, yeah, it's awesome to be here. Thank you for having me. Great to have you on the podcast. So we know that consumers have been searching and spending online more than ever before. So this is great news for any of us who are running product or services business with an online presence. But what does it mean for small businesses, particularly as we're leading up to December and January, you know, the biggest sort of retail season we normally have? Yeah, it's a really good question. So I think just for context, for those who might not uh, be aware, I guess, of what's been uh, like the trends that we've been seeing in the in the online space. But over the over April alone, we saw about 200,000 new Aussie households buy online for the first time. So there's been a there's been a fundamental shift, I guess, in terms of how many people are buying online. And I've had a lot of people ask me, kind of, is it a flash in the pan, or is it you know, is this a you know a bit of a short term thing? But I mean, fundamentally, it's just an acceleration of behavioural change that was kind of happening already. Mm. I think to your question around how is it changing how people are shopping, there's, there's probably two key things I'd highlight. The first one is when we look at those 200,000 new Aussie households that have been buying online, about one in five of them are buying into new categories that they'd never bought online before. So the range of products that we're considering to buy online is, has kind of broadened. The, the second bit is really around the fact that like online and offline are really have, have blurred together now. So we used to kind of think about, you know, you're an online shopper or you're buying in store, but that's really not really the case anymore. The two have really kind of merged. And the key, the key stat actually that I've seen that kind of supports that is that when we look at all purchasing occasions now that are happening, so haircut, buying a t-shirt, no matter what you're doing, 86% of all purchase occasions have now been influenced by digital to some extent. Mm-hmm. So I guess what that means for small businesses what my my guidance would be, it doesn't really matter what type of business you have. And to be honest, even whether or not you have a website, your business is being influenced by online behavior now. And it can seem a bit scary, to be honest, when we kind of talk about it like that, particularly if you, you haven't kind of got a website or you don't feel like you're a, an online kind of first business. But what it does mean for us as small businesses is there's all these moments and opportunities for us to to kind of intersect. And we don't need big expensive TV commercials to put our products and brands in front of uh, in front of these customers online. So I think that for me is the key the key outtake 
behind all of this behavioural change for small business. That 86%, that's a huge number. That's really, you know, that's, yeah, that's quite enormous actually. Um, so that's a really great summary, but I was wondering if you could give us a real-world example of the kind of shopping, the kind of consumer experience you're talking about there. Yeah, okay, no problem. So um, are, you, are you okay if we of talk course. about toilets for, for a it. second? <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Thank you for being a good sport. <laughs> so I, uh, I I recently realized I needed to buy a new toilet and I'm going to go into the reasons here, but I uh, I started doing a bit of research um, a few weeks ago now and I know nothing about toilets. So I started with, you know, the kind of questions you, what kind of types going to suit the dimensions that actually fit into where the kind of plumbing was. Um, I even watched a few YouTube videos to try and convince myself I was up to the task of installing it myself. Um, and I got to the point where I'd done a bit of research. I kind of knew what I wanted. And I got to the Saturday and I was ready to, I was probably ready to buy at that point, but I kind of wanted to see it in person before committing. And so I jumped onto Google Maps and I found uh, a local store down the road from me in Summer Hill, which was open and also stocked the toilet I was after. Uh, and as a result of that, I'm now happy to say that the team at High Grove Bathrooms <laughs> at Summer Hill sorted me out. So I've got my, got my toilet. But I think... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I think the, I use this example not because I just want to talk about toilets, but um, I think it's such a great example of the blurring between online and offline. So actually, I bought the toilet in store from a local supplier just down the road from myself, but I spent hours in the weeks before looking for the right product, the right place to buy, and there were dozens of moments across that kind of consumer journey where businesses had the opportunity to put their product in front of me and take my toilet money, uh, so to speak, from me. So I think that's probably the best example I can think of. No, it's a great example. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because it makes me think how stores like that, businesses like the bathroom store, can use Google to support their online and offline sales. So what what does Google add to this? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good point because I think probably one of the biggest misconceptions is that, as a business, if you if you have a physical store, for example, um, and you don't have a website that you don't need to, or that using online um, uh, advertising or online um, products aren't going to help your business. But I think in that example, it's a really good example where there were a lot of moments where we could have influenced. Even that that store that I bought from had opportunities to show up and uh, direct me to their store, and that's actually exactly what ended up happening. So. When I went on to, to Google Maps, their business popped up at the top because they were using a, um, a, a product through Google to make sure that they showcased their products that were only available in store. So I think it doesn't really matter online or offline. Really the key that I, I like to talk about with businesses is that when we think about all those moments across the customer journey and how many of them are now online, we just really want to make sure that we're, we're showing up in front of as many of those moments as we can. So we capture those customers that are actively looking for our type of product. Absolutely, 100%. And do you think that that is a different process if we're running a business that's based on a service rather than producing a product? No, I think fundamentally the theory is the same. Um, really the, the major difference is really about just finding the right tool for the job. And actually I'll, I'll just go back for two seconds because I think just to give um, listeners a little bit more detail in terms of some of the practical steps they can take in this kind of space. If 
if you're looking to to kind of support your business online or offline, the very first thing I would do if you haven't already is is jump on and create a uh, free business profile on Google. So they, they're the red pins that kind of show up on Google Maps and search when customers are searching for the business. And that's probably the, the greatest first step you can take to make sure your business is visible online, regardless of whether or not you, you've got a website. Uh, and then the second thing I would do is I'd look, up, I'd look at setting up a, a Google Ads campaign to make sure we're putting our products and businesses in front of customers during those moments I just talked about. Yeah. And I think the reason I mentioned this is to your, to your point around doesn't matter if we're a, a, a service business or a product business. In When you're setting up your ads in Google Ads, one of the very first questions you're going to get asked is, what do you actually want to do? What are you trying to drive? Like, are you trying to drive a sale for your T-shirt business? Are you trying to drive leads uh, because you're a plumbing business and you need to drive phone calls? So that's the that's one of the very first questions you'll get asked. And so there's definitely, that's probably the, the the key way that you can kind of help drive your business is have a clear aim and an objective in mind um, that you want to that you want to grow. Yeah, great advice. And what if we are um, obviously our community here are all small businesses, but what if we are a small and local business? How can we make sure then that we're targeting the right customers? Yeah, another good question. Um, this is actually one that I talk about a fair bit because obviously as small businesses, and I've got friends who run small businesses. And this is one of the, the things that I talk to um, with them about is how do we, how do we minimize that waste? Uh, we obviously, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to be putting any money into advertising. That's not going to be driving towards actively driving, growing our business. So I think there's, there's probably two things I'd, I'd recommend. Um, and one of the great things is when you, when you use Google ads, you've got a lot of control over how your advertising is, is being served to different customers out there. And there's two major controls that I, I'd probably look at recommending. And the, the first one is around keywords. So when you set up a campaign in Google Ads, fundamentally what you're doing is you're choosing the, the types of questions and queries when people go into Google search and they type that you want to show up against. And I'll kind of bring this to life a little bit with a, um, an example. So let's say you're a, a T-shirt business and you only sell black T-shirts. I don't know why you're only selling black t-shirts, seems a little niche, but uh, let's say you're only selling black t-shirts. You can select in the keywords that you only want to show up against black t-shirts. So if someone comes in and types, I want to uh, buy a red t-shirt into Google search, you can choose that your ads aren't going to show up because there's very low chance of you actually being able to sell them a black t-shirt when they actively wanted a red t-shirt. The second thing I would say is, there's the, we have the opportunity in Google Ads to target based on location as well too. So if we think about that black T-shirt um, shop for, for a moment, let's say they have a physical shop in Parramatta and they don't have an online store. So they've just got the, got the one shop in Parramatta and they're selling black T-shirts. We can also layer in a, a, a location targeting option, which means that we're only showing up our ads to people in the Parramatta region. So we can, can specify the location that we want the ad to serve to. So those are probably the two biggest things. So using your keywords to select who you want to, who you actually want to go after as a customer, 
and then using location targeting to hone in on certain regions as well too. Okay. And will those will those processes help me become, you know, when you go onto Google and you see the online stores at the top of the search results and you see the, the picture and the price of the product, how do I get my product to be at the top of that page? <laughs> yeah, that, that's where everyone wants to be, at the yep. top of the page. Um, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so... A good thing is we can talk a bit about that actually this afternoon. Um, so Google Shopping ads are basically what you're talking about. So for anyone who isn't kind of uh, okay with what we're talking about, if you go onto your phone right now and you type in, let's say, buy, buy a toaster, um, what you'll see when you have a look at the page is that Above the kind of normal text ads uh, that we're, we're used to seeing, so normally when you go into Google search, you'll see um, a, you know, a website come up and details around what you'll find when you go onto that website. But it's normally in, in text. If you go in and you type in buy, buy a toaster right now, you'll notice that at the top there's these really kind of vivid images of uh, different toasters you can buy. And like you were saying, there's details like the price or the store that you can buy it from. Yep. It's, a, it's a little bit like a bit of a, a swipe left to right. You can kind of rotate through the different products. And if you click through, it'll take you through to buy, um, buy a product. So those are what we call uh, Google Shopping Ads. Okay. So can you elaborate a little bit more on, on what it is that Google Shopping does? Yeah, absolutely. So the best way of describing Google Shopping is Google Shopping Ads are highly visual ads that are there to allow you as a business to showcase your products to potential customers when they're actively looking to buy. And they're there for businesses that want to promote online products. So if you've got an online business and you've got you know, a, a range of different products that you sell online, it's a great way of getting those products in front of people at like massive scale. So when people are coming on Google search and looking to buy, you can get that online inventory in front of potential customers. But also, if you have an in-store, uh, a, a store, like a physical store, and you don't have an online presence, and you want to get your, your physical inventory in front of more people online as well too, there, there's a really good way to do that as well too. So fundamentally, they're a way to boost traffic to either your website or local store by getting your inventory in front of more people. Okay. They show up in that kind of location that we spoke about at the top, but they also show up in other locations such as uh, Google Images and um, there's also a special shopping tab uh, as well too. So, um, yeah, highly visual ads allow you to get your inventory in front of people. So obviously that sounds awesome and something that, you know, very appealing to probably most of our audience. Is that something that we can set up and do ourselves? And if so, how do we actually get started with that process? Well, absolutely. There's... No minimum spend to get started. And it's similar to everything in Google Ads. You have a lot of control. There's no kind of, you don't need, a, you know, you don't need tens of thousands of dollars to get started. You can start with a dollar if you need to. Um, and you're only paying when someone clicks on your ad as well too. So I think definitely something that can be really useful for small business. And it's probably the, the one of the greatest tools that we've seen small businesses use and uh, greatly grow their business over the last uh, last kind of eight months. So definitely mm -hmm. recommend it for small business. Brilliant. In terms of in terms of getting set up, the the first step is to set up a Google Merchant Center. Um, so the best way of thinking of, about a Google Merchant Center is it's essentially like a virtual stock 
room of your inventory that you want to sell. And that, that Google Merchant Center, it helps you to get your shop and product info into our Google system and make it available for shoppers across Google. And that, that kind of means that essentially everything about your shop and product is available to customers when they come through and search on our Google, uh, our Google properties. To kind of go a little bit more detail, there's basically two key steps that you need to, you need to kind of go into to set up your Google Merchant Center. The first one is just creating your account. So if you don't have an account already, you need to set up your account. And when you, when you create your account, you'll, get, you'll be asked to kind of verify important details about your business, um, things like your business address, your contact information. Um, and you can also specify how you want a transaction to take place. So you'll be asked, do you want to only have transactions take place in store, on your website, or even potentially get Google to help do it for you um, and create a page where that happens. So that's the, that's the first step where you, where you create your account. The second step of the Google Merchant Center is really about telling Google what the products are. And we call this creating a, a feed. So that the feed is the data that the Google Merchant Center is gonna to use to display your products on Google Shopping. So at this step, you're gonna be asked to fill in things like your product details, uh, add images and branding assets, basically all of the relevant details that are gonna be used by the system later on. Okay, great. So assuming that we've set that all up, what do we need to do then to start getting this in front of our potential customers? Yeah, awesome. So we've set up our Google Merchant Center and we've created our feed with all of the product information around the products that we want to we want to get out there and sell and expand the amount of people that are seeing our products. So we've done that step. We've set up the Google Merchant Center. The next step is we need to link that Google Merchant Center to our Google Ads account. And I think we've probably spoken about this a, a couple of times in the past, but our Google Ads account is what we use to, to set up our ads and to manage our ad campaigns. And we're going to link it to our Google Merchant Center so that it can see all of that product data uh, and the images, and it'll use that when we set up our Google Shopping ad. So then we're going to go into our Google uh, Google Ads uh, account, and we're going to set up a new Google Shopping campaign. And when we do that, similar to setting up any other type of advertising campaign on Google Ads, we'll get asked to select a budget, we'll get asked to select uh, different audiences or targeting options that we want to go after. So after we've done that and we've kind of decided on who we want to sell, uh, put our ads in front of, and how much budget we want to spend against it. Your ads are, are going to go live. So at this point, you've done everything. Your ads are going to start showing up in that highly visual spot at the top of Google Search, where potential customers, are, when can potential customers are searching for your your brand or your product? Okay, and so we've noticed that it's now free for retailers to list their products on Google. Can you walk us through that process? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this was a, a really exciting and uh, very recent change, actually. So you've got your finger on the pulse. So the businesses that have a Google Merchant Center that we just spoke about can have their products show up for free across Google products, such as uh, Google Shopping and Google Images that we just spoke about. So it's a relatively new feature. So you just need to make sure that when you're setting up your Google Merchant Center, that in the settings that you've you've set it up to opt into that to that service. Yeah, absolutely. I'd recommend anyone who is setting up their Google Merchant Center, make sure you're in the settings that you've selected that. And then the second thing I'd say is that 
the more information you feed into your Google Merchant Center, the more likely you are to show up in those free spots as well too. So spend the time at the start, get as much great information into there as possible because it's going gonna, it's gonna to improve your results. Okay, great. All of that just sounds so great and, and really simple. The question that I have to round things off though is what sort of traffic does Google Shopping get? Because that's obviously a consideration if we're weighing up time spent. We know that small business owners are a little bit pressed for time or a lot pressed for time. How do we decide if going through that process is going to be worth it for my product? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a very good question. And obviously time is such an important factor for small businesses to weigh up. The, the, what I would say is that across the last year, this is probably the format and the, the type of advertising I've seen transform more businesses than any other. Um, and there's a couple of reasons for that. The first one is that that behavioral change that we've seen means that there's more people than ever before who are doing online research, such as myself looking for that toilet. So I think there are more moments than ever where we need to be showing up in front of customers online and Google Shopping has been one of the greatest ways to do that. And you're in a high traffic area on Google search where there's, there's so much, so much intent coming through every day. So I would, I would definitely say it's probably the, the largest, the largest transformation I've seen has come from Google shopping. The second thing I would say is that it's particularly pertinent right now. So I think this is very timely with Christmas and the seasonal peak that you just spoke about at the start coming up in a, a couple of weeks now, we're anticipating growth of around 30% year on year um, over some of those seasonal peaks to come. So now is by far the best time to get ahead of that and make sure you're set up with it because there's going to be more and more people kind of, I guess, coming through into Google search and shopping is going to be such a great way to take advantage of that, I guess. Absolutely. 30% is a really compelling number and let's all not waste any more time and get ourselves organized and do that. Chris, thank you so much for sharing all those insights with us today. I know they'll be really useful for the community. You're more than welcome. Thank you for having me.